Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, your host. So glad that we're together today. I hope your weekend was good. I had a wonderful, relaxing weekend, and it's awfully nice because it's going to be a busy week. Uh, it's going to be full of things to watch and read about and anticipate and celebrate or not celebrate. So we're glad uh, that we're here today. I want to talk uh, exactly about that very subject and the sovereignty of God with my first guest. Patrick Albanese is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa in the prestigious city of West Des Moines, joining me on our Skype line. Patrick, welcome. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Crazy week that we're looking at, uh, that's I, for sure. I hear there's stuff going on. <laughs> there is stuff happening. Yeah. So I, th- stuff. I thought it would be interesting to just chat about the sovereign, the, the sovereignty of God, because uh, there's no better time than right now is to be reminded and reflecting that God is in control. I mean, we go back to... Uh, Noah and his three sons, and the the way that the world kind of started over, and then he established a covenant with Abraham and Abraham's descendants, and what we learn that God mm-hmm. controls and guides all history for His glory and our good. Yeah, and uh, we stubborn human beings just don't like to let go of the reins, do we? And yet we we don't even have them. You know, <laughs> such a good point. <laughs> yeah. Is you know, we're sitting there as passengers in the bus, and uh, you know we we keep trying to make suggestions as to the route. Um, you know, uh, we 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 have the areas of life that we can control and the things that God wants us to do, but you know for the most part, you know he's he's the dad, he's the dad behind the wheel saying quiet back there. I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think of we're never going to make it to Cedar Point, you know right. But when you think about even Noah being in the ark for like close to a year with the family and the animals and wondering what is all this going to mean? What what is next for us? And you think about that just a full year on the ark and you go, come on, you got two kids. You you couldn't do 14 hours in a minivan to Colorado without major meltdowns. No, no, it's hard enough getting across town to Coles, you know. It's, <laughs> but you know, the, and and it's. I, I would even imagine though that once you, once you're in the ark, and of course the rains have come, you said, well, you know, we're kind of committed now. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. It was the build up to it though that you know for for years, I, you you wonder what kind of doubts if you know if he had left a diary behind that said, you know, I don't know, this is. You know, first off, why cubits of all things? Cubits <laughs> can't we just use you know inches and feet? And uh, but um, you know, once the, once once the rain started, you say now it's just how long we're here. Uh, but now a lot of us don't often, you know, we should be more in that camp. Says that 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 is you know with 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 God driving. You go, yes. That's that's what's going on. Yes. You know, you, at this point in time, th- there's nothing else to even think about. He's in. Control. Yes, and I'm sure that's that was you know Noah's realization at that point. Said, so, well, you know, it happened like he said it was going to happen, and so um, you know, I'm I'm here. Yeah, I did it, and uh, now we just we allow God to do what God God's going to do. Yeah, and God is fully wise, and He will determine the outcome of all things according to that beautiful 
wisdom of his. And he has rule and authority over all of creation, and nothing can really exist outside of his rule. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how he, he always, it, it, no matter what we do, and I, I know I've told this story before that, you know, but back in my new age days, I, I was under this, you know, uh, almost goofy, not almost goofy, it was goofy. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go on record and say it was goofy belief that, you know, almost that I could get out of any situation that God put me in. And it, it was many, many years later that I realized, oh, wait a minute, that was me that put myself in this situation, and it's God who can get me out. Uh, and he provides opportunities, you know, to, to come to him. And, you know, all along I thought, oh, gosh, you know, he made this mess. Oh, he's testing me. That's what it is. And uh, I shall survive. And I go, look, listen to the ego there. Mm-hmm. Listen to the ego that's thinking, you know, okay, uh, God, I'll see your disaster, and I will raise you one victory, uh, courtesy of me. Like, um, no, no, you know, uh, he, he, it's, it's uh, usually they were my choices, my decisions that got me into whatever mess it was. But he was always there. It was just, it was up to me though to turn to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that's hard to let to do sometimes. Oh when God. Ego, gosh, it is, uh, it is hard, and you know, God is is so amazingly good. And when he is fulfilling his, his sovereignty in our lives, I go to his character and I go, his character is perfect. So not only is he in control and his character is perfect, but everything he accomplishes has a good purpose that is going to be beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. In the end. Yes. uh, We don't like to look that far ahead, do we? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're, we're Veruca Salt and Willy Wonka. You know, I want a new Loompa and I want it now, you know. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah. we're stubborn that way. So we, we sit around and sometimes worry that God is going to show up late to the party or he's not going to get it right or he's not going to produce the outcome that I want. Um, and we're forgetting that he is sovereign and good. And we, not, we don't need to fear. Um, we, need, we need to fear anything. No, it, you know, it's, it's funny how you, you would say if, if, uh, if God were whispering in your ear, I think that the word const, that would constantly come up would be patience, patience, mm-hmm. you know, let me, uh, uh, you know, just you know, trust and be patient, be patient, you know, yeah, and, and uh, we, we always want things to happen on our time in our way. Uh, and it, it very rarely works that way. And sometimes when it does, it's not, ultimately not all that satisfying anyway. Uh, you know, God's plan is always better. Have you noticed that one? I have noticed that. Yes. Yeah. And when we, yeah, when we understand who God is and we put our faith and trust in him, we can relax. We can have a anxiety reduction instantly because God is completely sovereign. You know, whether you're in the moment understanding it, recognizing it or not. Yeah. The things you, you know, when you, when you're worrying, you're taking away the peace of today. And, and I think God would prefer us to be at peace. It's like, I'll take care of the worry. I know. Don't worry. I've got you. Doesn't it seem that lately, if there's extra worry and, and uh, anxiety, when you turn on or watch the news or you hear discussions with people who are not peacemaking with each other, um, and you hear about the evils that's going on in the world, uh, you, you just it gives you a chance to to think. Hmm, my anxiety is is going up here. I have to, 
I have to do something about it. I have to return to the idea that God is sovereign and can control, and he's good, and his character is to be trusted. Yeah, and, and I, I get particularly disturbed, and, and I'm hoping, I'm very, very hopeful that once this, uh, I guess there's an election tomorrow. Don't know if you heard of that. I did hear that. Yeah, but when the dust settles on this, I am very hopeful that people will repair some of the relationships that got damaged because to be, you know, uh, uh, eliminating a friendship, um, you know, I, you can look at COVID, for instance, and we've got 220,000 people that have died from it. And I would imagine that all of the families of those that have passed away would say, look, I could put up with, you know, dad's political views if I could just have him back. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any of those family members sitting around thinking, well, you know, serves them right for voting the wrong way or being on the wrong side of, of history or whatever. You know, we, we, we grow up in families and we grow differently. And, you know, you have siblings like I do and we don't see eye to eye on many things. But we we do agree that mom was the best cook. <laughs> yeah. We can at least agree on that. But, you know, I, I, I see too much of it and I... I you know, I even see people celebrating the fact that not only did I get rid of these people, it's kind of nice to not have them in my life. I'm thinking that's that's not how I like to view things. You know, I I don't look at everybody as as if they are actually Hitler or mm-hmm. you name the the bad person they're supposed to be. We just disagree, and and so I I do hope that some coming together and maybe uh, you know some apologies <laughs> will yeah. happen. Yeah. But when you realize that God's sovereignty is what it is, uh, then I want to say to you, what power do you have to have an influence over what God is doing? To which the answer is, well, I have no power to be an influence over what God is doing. So I therefore should take my fears and my worries to God in prayer and just be completely confident that his perfect will and his perfect plan will prevail. Yeah. No, and you know, I think that you know we've both been blessed enough to ha- to have friends that live that. And you say, what what is the what is the magic that's going on in that person's life? Uh, you know, I saw this great um, quote the other day: "You will never see a happy, successful person argue online." Wow! I just I go, you know, <laughs> that's true. They said, no, this is not not the place for it, and I'd rather you know share love, and I'll let. God take care of some of these messy details. Mm-hmm. That's his thing. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I love that, uh, what we're talking about this at this point in time, because I think, you know, after this election is over, we are going to need, you know, some healing, no matter who wins. People are going to have to say, okay, that might have been a bit too much. But um, more importantly, I'm hoping more people turn to God. Because, you know, maybe that's ultimately what will happen after this election. That, again, no matter who wins, people say, wait a minute. Why am I putting all my faith and trust in these people? Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't really know me. I should be putting my faith and trust in the one immutable and the one, the only thing I can really count on. And he's there for me. So let's, let me do that. Let me do that. And ultimately, I do promise it, it, those are happier days. Yeah, I'm, amen to that. You sent me a great verse uh, from Second Timothy. I'd love for you to share that with the listeners. Okay. Well, and, and here's the thing that uh, got me about that. Um, in I did church yesterday, and uh, they brought that up. And evidently, I was looking at a sermon from a previous period in time. So evidently, my technological savvy is a little bit off. 
but it was perfect for me. So even though that wasn't necessarily the message of yesterday, Second Timothy 2.14, keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. And it really, it, it, for some reason, it hit me. You know, I, I, you know, I grabbed the old um, pen and paper to write that down just as a reminder to talk to myself about that every now and then. It's, you know, you, you, you can spend a lot of your day, and when people are locked down, they spend a lot of their day maybe online, and you can read things, and you can get angered, and these are just words. Mm-hmm. And they are of no value, and they will affect you, and they can ruin you if you just keep listening to it. It, and and what are you going to miss if you step away from it? Are you going to feel uninformed? Are you going to say, gosh, I don't know what's going on in the world. I'm just so happy today. I need something to hate. You know, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. All yeah. right. Let me uh, take a little pause here, if you don't mind, Patrick. Uh, we'll take a little break. Patrick Albanese is my guest, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. We'll be right back. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome back to the show. Patrick Albanese is my guest as we get the week started. It's always good to get things started on a little bit of a lighter note. Patrick, I understand you didn't have tons of trick-or-treaters, but uh, you did uh, grill some steaks for the family. How did that work out? We're grilling them tonight, actually. It's going to be great. Oh, uh, those yummy steaks. Part of it's, yeah, it's in celebration. I think it's this week that A1 Steak Sauce is celebrating an anniversary. You know that was invented in 1862? That's how long it's been around. Did not know that. No. That, that by the way, is pretty much you know smack dab in the middle of the Civil War, and I'm wondering, does somebody you know kind of sitting around amidst all the craziness saying, you know what this country needs is a really delicious steak sauce? I think that, that would be... <laughs> You know, one of the main ingredients in A1 is not everybody knows this. What is it? Raisins. What? Did you know that raisins are, yeah, one of the main ingredients in A1 steak sauce? Huh. That's, I so, did not know that. You know, you grow grapes, and if grapes don't make it, uh, you go, well, we'll turn those into raisins. And I guess if the raisins don't make it, <laughs> they become steak sauce. <laughs> I did not so know it's that. Kind of far, it's far down the food chain, I would say. You say, oh boy, this is, it's, you know, it's not over yet. Hang on. I think there's still a use for these things. Yeah. So oh, I'm always a fan of your head pastor, Mike, and at Hope Church in Des Moines, and wondering uh, if he gave a, a message, a message of reason and hope for all uh, listeners and, and, and online people and voters. Without getting too much into the detail of the message, was there uh, a little glimpse of hope? It was beautiful uh, and threaded uh, the needle perfectly. Good. Uh, because, it, and it, it touched on what we were just talking about. It said, ultimately, God's in charge. So, you know, we've, we've survived all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, if, if you're giving your power to a politician uh, over your life, instead of surrendering to God, you might be making a mistake. Uh, you know, because what's eternal and what's temporary? Yeah. Like, and, oops, got me with that one again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we have to 
constantly be encouraging each other with the hope of eternity and to keep really the main thing always before us. I think you can get so hung up on temporal things and, you know, that, that whole idea that a thousand years is like a minute to God and a minute's like a thousand uh, years. Of course, it's been said before, I'm just repeating what I've heard, that if a president gets into the office for, you know, two terms, that's about eight minutes in God's economy. 12 minutes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, I think too, you, when one of the, the problems we run into is, um, you know, we're very susceptible to influence. I mean, you know, when you're a kid and grandma would do the old ignorance is bliss, it was, it was, it normally came at you because you were being ignorant about something. Uh, and then, you, <laughs> you know, uh, but, if, but of course you start to realize, you know, how much of this stuff do I need to be, I mean, how up on things do I need to be? How riled do I need to be? And, and also I, I think be super careful of, uh, people out to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. It, we, we are easily manipulatable, manipulatable. Not sure. I'm, I can't get my tongue to make that word. <laughs> <laughs> manipulatable. Uh, manip- How about that? Yeah. We are, easy, we are easily pushed in certain directions. Yeah. How about that? With disinformation. With disinformation. And I'm talking and about anything, spiritual, uh, economic, political, doesn't matter what it is. It's going to be... Oh, my gosh. The the ad in the back of a comic book that had a guy kicking sand on a guy. <laughs> <laughs> it said, you know, take this uh, Charles Atlas course and it'll change your life. Yeah. You know, yes, it did change my life. I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> and you're and still I, getting sand kicked in your face. Still getting sand kicked in my face. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you're always promised this is the next big thing, the next thing that's 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 gonna you know gonna make your life perfect, and we keep piling these things up. And you're not you gonna know, fall for that. You're not gonna fall for the new iPhone 12 Pro, are you? Well, you know, it, okay. So I did look at it, and it's it's a technological marvel. Um, but it, it, so it was really, it's it's very hard to justify the expense because it's pricey. Uh, but then, you know, of course, I almost had one of those Murphy's Law things uh, today at the gym. I, <laughs> this never happens. I, it was, I'm very careful. I almost dropped a 30-pound dumbbell right on my my old phone, oh, which, wow. you know, works just fine. Yeah, so I'll try a little bit harder tomorrow, see if I can get that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't justify the purchase unless... <laughs> unless something terrible, terrible happens. But it's funny how you see this shiny new object, and I have an iPhone 8, which doesn't quite put me into the oh my gosh you're just on an iPhone six <laughs> you know you're not you're not allowed to walk around in polite society isn't it funny this this iPhone the first one came out thirteen years ago wow imagine it's only thirteen years imagine how it's changed the world seriously it, do you do you ever see anyone walking around not with a phone in their hand kind of looking at it and you wonder does anyone talk to each other anymore no. You know, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's amazing that, you know, in a grocery store checkout line, though, if the person in front of you is 110 years old and writing a check, you're like, take your time. Right. You know, they, and they used looking, to be the thing. Looking like, for I got coupons. My phone. Yeah. But, you know, maybe it would be nicer to stop and talk to that person. Well, the spontaneous kind of interactions that you used to enjoy because people were waiting for whatever, and you'd be waiting with them, would usually spark kind of nice, friendly conversations, which there are less and less of. And I'm, I'm guilty to some degree, because I'll take those 
minutes to sometimes check a phone or a text or something, and I find myself uh, not talking to people. But that's my preference is to chat with people. My preference is to chat with people. I, I think there's a they should develop a new iPhone app that if you're looking at the phone, it says, hey, the light just turned green. <laughs> I mean, it's, isn't it amazing? You say, okay, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm technically stopped. I'm not supposed to text and drive, but I'm not driving right now. Yeah. I'm at a standstill. And that allows me 10 to 15 seconds to see what's happening in the world. And I absolutely must know because I haven't checked in well over two minutes. Right. And something might have changed and nothing has changed. And so you wait for the next light. In fact, you say, well, I hope I get a bunch of red lights because I really need to see what's going on. But I would rather we did the interaction. And, and, and sometimes I worry, you know, COVID now has us where we're six feet away from the person in the grocery store checkout line. And we all have masks on and people are afraid of each other. And I think, my gosh, it's we're becoming more and more antisocial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I think that we're going to start, to, if people aren't already, long for that time together you know, where we just sit and laugh yeah. and share great stories and great memories um, and meet new people all yeah. the time. And just uh, for the what happened over the weekend, this is a sad note for both of us, but uh, our James Bond has passed away, Sean Connery, age 90. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, he was my bond. The, the ultimate James Bond. He was the Bond. And uh, it's so, you know, it's fascinating. I'm sure you've seen people are sharing various stories of different run-ins with him. You had a story with a, that a friend had bumped into him at some place somewhere. And I just loved, uh, Sean Connery's response. <laughs> so, yeah. So typical. Yeah. yeah. You got to tell them. Well, it was in the, in a pretty prestigious little community that he was, uh, at and he had, they had seen him uh, in the community and, and one night they're coming home from dinner and try to get getting out of the cars at the same time. And uh, he <laughs> he walked, my friend walked up to him and said, uh, are you who I think you are? And his response was, why, yes, I am. <laughs> I just love that. <laughs> no names were exchanged, <laughs> nothing. No, and it is, it, it's, he's, a, he's not even playing the pretend game of, well, who would that be? <laughs> right. Who do you think I am? Yeah. You know that. The, the, the phony humility that you, you, you sometimes expect from celebrities like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah, that's me. Oh, that's uh, funny. I saw a great story about him. Just uh, some guy had written a movie and Sean Connery signed on to it. And then, you know, next day there's a knock on his door and Sean Connery's over there to work on the movie. because like, Sean Connery's at my house. <laughs> <laughs> and they spent days working on the movie, and then at the last minute, Sean Connery dropped out because uh, the director he was supposed to meet with didn't show up for a meeting. And he turns on, I think it was Wimbledon, and he sees the guy in the stands at the uh, at the tennis match oh, and funny. says, "I'm not going to work with a guy like that." Oh, and funny. quit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great actor. Well, Patrick, thanks so much. Have a great uh, day and enjoy election day tomorrow. Uh, I will do my best. You I'll as well. I'll talk to you in a week. Patrick Albanese has been my friend and guest, and uh, we're just going to take a little break when we come back, the Monday Afternoon Mix.
right. Welcome back to the show. It is time for the Monday afternoon mix. There's great anticipation with my next statement. Monday afternoon mix with Miles. Maxwell. Arnold and Maxwell. Yes. So I hear. Oh, there she is. (laughs) (laughs) She's back. Wonderful. How are you? So, uh, a little uh, long distance, but hopefully long. you can hear me fine. You sound terrific, and the first hour okay. really uh, showcases uh, people that live in Iowa, especially oh, Des Moines. Well, hey, there's some good ones. Patrick was first, <laughs> and now you. Welcome to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Nice to have you on the program. It's good to be back, guys. How is the new home, the new yes. pad? We Let's want to hear, hear all about, about this. Well, it's filled with boxes because we have yet to unpack fully, but all the kids are very excited because they get their own rooms. And uh, I'm figuring out where to put everything. So I thought I'd organized my house before, and then I cleaned everything, and now I can't find anything at all. So <laughs> you know how it goes. Um, but, yeah, it's we're settling in. Well, well, you have that thing where when you move, um, it's that kind of race to kind of <laughs> unpack things before unpacked boxes seem like other parts of furniture in your house. I've decided to build a spare room out of boxes and call it good. <laughs> well... And you've got barking dogs, so everyone's happy, right? Oh, oh I hear sorry. That. That's, that's Libby. Hey, she, Bill. She's still learning the neighbors. Yeah. How about this one I do? You know, like, oftentimes as we're entering into the holidays and people are thinking of what to buy as a present, yeah. you know, for their kids. And oftentimes what they enjoy most is the box. That's so true. Yeah. So we could have a, you know, Miles Arnold Maxwell, you know, Christmas box. It's an empty box. There we go. Empty box you know, giveaway? We, I love it. Yeah. We, we thought you were going to want to return the gift anyway, so we just empty box. Enjoy. Yes. We can even do two for one. Yeah. If you have, you know, so kids it's a do-it-yourself do box board. Exactly. Well, well, we lived in a time where, you know, well, some where we had, you know, Pet Rock and Chia Pet and, sure. you know, so. Yeah. The box gift or the gift box. Yeah. Yes. I love the, the Pet Rock guy, you know, making his pitch. I'm going to put a rock. I'm going to put it in a box, and we're going to sell it. Call it a pet rock. <laughs> it's all about the, marketing. Who is this genius? I want to meet this guy. Well, someone still <laughs> bought it. I remember a couple of years ago, they had a Super Bowl commercial, and it's these guys up hiking in the mountains, and, you know, they're filling up their water, and one guy fills up a bottle of water, and he's like, hey, you know, what if we sold, you know, <laughs> bottles of fresh mountain spring water? And then everybody with them laughs at it. So that's so dumb. And they start laughing. And it's like, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. Well, Rebecca, we're so glad that you can join the Monday afternoon mix. Uh, and hopefully it's a regular feature for you because I, I don't know. Do I want to be left alone in the studio with David? No, David uh, doesn't want to be left alone. Ah, the there you go. David. It's, it's <laughs> mutual. But we were talking in nice. the first we were talking in the first segment with Patrick about the sovereignty of God, and I think mm-hmm. it'd be kind of nice if we carry on with this theme, uh, talking about uh, the character of God as well. David, you've got some wonderful comments on this. Yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking even as Rebecca um, is moved to Iowa, and you know, the whole packing of boxes. It's really interesting to think back of another story in Scripture in Exodus where people weren't able to necessarily bring a moving van. And that's the story of Israel coming out of Egypt. And in Exodus 15, after they've experienced the Passover in the midst of being in slavery, and then God miraculously delivering them and then bringing them to the Red Sea. You know, so we get to see the end of the story. 
But we have to, like, enter into that moment of when they came up to the Red Sea and just the anxiety of the unknown of what that day brought. But God was with them, and God carried them through what seemed to be an impossible situation. And I think we want to, like, remind our audience not only God's sovereignty, but who he is. So if you have your Bibles, if you're driving, please keep your eyes on the roads and don't turn to your Bible. But you can come back to it later. In Exodus chapter 15, after they cross over, it says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. And see, most people trust it in worldly things like chariots and horses. And it says, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. And then it goes on to verse 11, where we want to sit at for a little bit. It says, who is like you, O Lord? And it's all caps, so it's using that that incredible name of Yahweh. And who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing, doing wonders? And I think it's really important for us to remember not only that as God is sovereign, but who he is as the one who acts out his sovereignty. And I think that's important for us to really rest in so that it doesn't matter whether it's 2020, 2016, 2012, 2008, and even when 2024 comes around, he who is eternal is the Lord and there is none, zero like him. And I think when we wrap ourselves around, to use the term, that daddy is not only in the house, but daddy and our father God, Abba Father, who he is over all of the universe, over all of creation, we can take a, we can take a breath and like a child, you can rest in his arms. That's lovely. Rebecca? That's that's so important, I think, for us to remember that even when we can't see the end details or we're not quite sure why things are coming together the way that they are, that we remain faithful to the God who has always proven faithful. And David, as you were, were reading that, and I could put myself in that place of being a little unsure because, you know, the Israelites have been promised their their promised land. They've been promised freedom. And now it doesn't at all look the way that they thought that it would. And I mean, they're they're faced with the Red Sea. They're faced with an invading army coming to drag them back. And that's not good. And so they were called to step out in faith. And when they did, God showed himself like no other. So he is worthy of praise in our lives. But I think it's for those of us in those Red Sea moments. And Bill, I know one of your favorite uh, guests to talk to is Rob Morgan. And he's got a great book about this idea of the Red Sea rules is trusting God when the outcomes aren't quite clear, when we're kind of in process. But we can look back on God's record of amazing faithfulness and just sheer power. There is none like him. No purpose of his can be thwarted, as it says in Job. He can do all things. So we have to look exactly at who our father is and know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he's got this. What am I worried about? I don't know the details or how it's going to play out necessarily, but let's keep walking forward because he's got this. I love that comment, Rebecca. And I love the what Rob Morgan said about the fact that they were really at the shore, 
You've got the water in front of them. You've got a charging army behind. You've got mm-hmm. mountains on either side. And the comment Rob made that was so profound to me was, and God had them exactly where he wanted them. And you would think, wow, how could that be the place that is exactly where God wanted them? But it was. Yeah, it is. And so sometimes we get a little, you know, worried. But I like, Rebecca, what you said earlier, that God is not thwarted. I mean, like, uh, one of the, the, the love this, this verse of Scripture, and it's, it's God speaking. Um, actually, it's someone else speaking. It's Nebuchadnezzar speaking in Daniel chapter 4. And what happens is Nebuchadnezzar is the world ruler at that time. And, you know, he's told, look, you're about to be humbled, dude. You're about to be put down. And it says in, in verse 34, at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to the heaven. See, everybody is underneath God. And God is above the heavens and above the heavens of the heavens. And my reason returned to me. And I bless the Most High and praised and honor him who lives forever, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are counted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the host of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And I love this. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? See, that should make everyone's blood pressure go down considerably. We should all be calm when we hear that. Yeah. I mean, despite all the worry and anxiety and everything else that's loaded on this week in this world, it's, that, is, that is such a profound truth that should make us all go, ah. And, and his purposes are good. Exactly. And I think that's something else that we can relate to. Like, I, maybe it's, it's possible to hold two different pictures of God that just need to come together a little bit. Um, when we see the sovereign God who is completely and utterly in control and has all his purposes in line and works all things according to his plan, that might be one type of picture people have. And then the other is the idea of the loving father and you can come to him and you can talk with him about anything and he hears your heart and he cries with you. But imagine that, and you don't have to imagine because it really is true, that you can bring those two pictures together, just like you were saying, David, that the almighty king of the universe that has everything under control is for you, is on your side as as his child. If you are one of his children, he is there for you. He has good purposes, not only for the entirety of the world, but also for you. Um, so yeah, maybe we just need to bring those two, two portraits together because they are the same in our heavenly father. Yeah. And, and I love how you, you put that Rebecca and just the, the kind of the tension between this, because it's okay, um, as we're listening to have conflicted feelings, you know, uh, you can be conflicted and when, and what I'm not saying is like being double-minded, like James says, but what I mean is like in Psalm um, 42, when um, David writes, why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Like he's very real about that. But then he reminds himself, hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And like he goes between this. So like, again, allowing what we're feeling to be God's opportunity or us giving and saying, I surrender to you to enter into this moment and even to testify to others. Like, 
you know, our hope and trust is there. My prayer this week is that we, as uh, as believers, um, during Y2K, at times it seemed like church was more fearful than even some of the people in the world. And we have the hope of Christ. So I think this week, no matter what happens, our opportunity is to press into Jesus and to call others to press into Christ as well. I like that. That's a great, great word, David Miles. And if we believe that God is sovereign in control of our life, I mean, our, our lives, who can be against us? That really, you know, if you if you don't believe God is sovereign in your life, that's when I think the insecurities and the um, the, the feelings of anxiety will come in. Yeah. Yeah, I would say anything that encourages us to doubt the power of God is definitely from the enemy. Um, and that sounds a little stark when you put it that way. But any lesser, any lesser concerns, really, um, that's if if it's inviting us to doubt, then that's not what we should be listening to. We can look at those ideas instead or those those circumstances instead as an invitation to trust. And I'm preaching that to myself as much as anybody, because I don't like the question marks or the unknowns. I, I would like to know and have clear plans and and plans for my plans when they fall through. <laughs> exactly. um, I'm like that. But at the same time, I recognize that God has the plan. And so if I know his if I know his nature, if I know his character and his track record and his love for me and for the world and for his people, there's no reason that I shouldn't trust him. And so anytime that I'm I'm allowing to to enter in and to stew in my mind things that cause me to doubt, that's a problem. I need to instead turn those circumstances around and begin to focus on who God is and say, yes, Lord, I can trust you. And I may not feel great about this. I may be very nervous, but I can trust you. And I don't know the outcome of what's going to happen tomorrow or 10 years from now, but I will trust you and then live in faith. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take a little break. And Rebecca, if you wouldn't mind, Ryan's doing a wonderful job uh, running the board, but maybe you would coach him right now on air just in terms of the jazzy jazz music we play on the Monday afternoon mix. Oh, okay. (laughs) We can do that. Go ahead. Oh, (laughs) we like jazz music on the Monday afternoon mix. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take a little break. We'll be right back. back with the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles is here. Rebecca yeah. Maxwell. That's the team. We're back. It's nice to be back, isn't it? It is. Kind of this nice little Minnesota-Iowa connection. It is. Rebecca, it's uh, so nice to hear your voice. And I know listeners are already chiming in saying, ah, Rebecca, yay. Yay. Especially- Hi, everybody. Yeah, shout out to people in Waterloo at uh, 1098 AM and 93.1. Holler to you guys. And thank you. You guys are super blessed getting Rebecca out there in the Iowa wonderful fertile soil of yeah, ground no of corn yep. you feeling the love rebecca i'm happy to represent i it's it's a little bit warmer and sunshinier down here guys yeah which is usually the case well, usually about 10 degrees, 10 degrees warmer than minnesota it's usually how it works <laughs> but we're we're focusing uh on just the sovereignty and character of god 
And I never get tired of that because I think it's a, a foundational truth that we should all be reminding ourselves of daily. Yeah. And I think it's really key going back to Exodus 15 and, you know, what it was like for Israel to live in the uncertainty of coming up to the Red Sea and then God delivering and giving a song. You know, that's an interesting thing. Love when Rebecca sings. And, you know, there's scripture talks about victory being in praise. So maybe during this week, taking time to really focus on worshiping God for who he is. But I want to go back to verse 13. And it was after verse 11 and 12, and it says, You have led in your steadfast love the people who you have redeemed, and you have guided them by your strength to your holy abode. And I mean, like, this is literally moments after God delivering them from the Egyptians. And they're saying, they're reflecting that he had led in hesed and steadfast love uh, towards them. And we love the fact that today as we sit here, Hebrews talks about there remains a rest for the people of God. Like we have an eternal rest and we have a current rest in Christ. So I think it's really key that what seems like a really crazy, um, kind of like a craziness, like, Lord, what are you doing? Lord's actually saying, I'm inviting you to rest in me. And sometimes we don't rest until we actually need to or until circumstances are so great that it causes us to cry out to him. And I think this is a great time for us to do that and, again, to pray and to rest and to praise him for who he is because think about all the things that God has brought us through. Think about his love. You know, think about the many other things in life where we've prayed and he showed himself faithful. So thanking God for this opportunity for God to show up and be God, irrespective of world leaders, just to be God because that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And to think that God is, the way the Bible describes him, is just all-powerful, all-knowing. So if we place our trust in him and he has information about our lives that we don't have, that's kind of a comforting place to go, to think, God, you know everything. This is awesome. Yeah. So let me just yield and, and surrender and submit to you. And I'm going to just trust that you are good and your uh, plan is perfect. And it's good to, to reflect upon, you know, we're fearful of what? We're fearful of what God ultimately is taking care of. Um, you know, Bill and Rebecca, I remember one time one of our, our family intercessors, um, a guy named Dave Myers, who regularly has prayed for our family for uh, many, many years. And I remember he had some situation where he was stepping in to help someone years ago. And as he was explaining to me what he did, I said, um, I said, Dave, dude, you know, what were you doing? That, that, that wasn't exactly maybe the wisest thing. And he said, what, you're going to scare me with heaven? <laughs> and like I thought for a minute and I was like, huh. I still told him, don't do that again. <laughs> but it was an interesting thought. It's like, okay, what are you going to ultimately scare me with it? You're going to scare me with being home where I really want to be ultimately and that moth and rusts can't decay and, you know, no one can vote you out or anything. Um, and just how secure we have this hope that doesn't fade or perish uh, in Christ. I just have a huge smile on my face. What a great answer. You're going to scare me with heaven? 
Right. And I love that God has already taken care of everything that, that our brains can think about or imaginations can conjure up. God's already taken care of it. And I mean, particularly in the context of what we're talking about here in Exodus, um, he took care of the earthly leader that thought he was God on earth um, and showed what was actually the truth. And so in the context of, of earthly leadership and, you know, maybe things turn out the way we'd hope or maybe not. Um, and either way, there's a great deal of uncertainty and many un unsolved problems um, for people. But if you look at the greatness of God's majesty, and I'm looking in um, Exodus uh, 15, chapter 7, and the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. So really, the, the concept of an enemy of God is not someone who is going to be very successful, because all God has to do is, in, in essence, stretch out his right hand, snap his fingers, and and we are no more. If you think about all the earthly leaders that have come and gone, and, you know, maybe we get a little big for our britches. In fact, I know we do. And we think we've got this and we're in we're in control and we can do things our way. Um, and yet where where are they now? Um, the just the mere everlastingness and, and almightiness of God is just, again, a wondrous to contemplate when you think about it. And, and in the context of earthly leadership, we do pray for our leaders and we want them to be godly and righteous. But we let, let us make no mistake about who is really in charge. Yes. And as we, as we approach this week, you know, we think back to the dispersed people, um, like, Peter was writing to, and he tells them, listen, um, clothe yourself, all of you, with humility towards one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Remember, it's not people. It's, 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 it's a real spiritual enemy at work. Mm -hmm. And to be careful, because like right now what's happening, a lot of people are calling, you know, people evil and devil and stuff like that who have differences in the body of Christ. And to be careful, because there's only one head, Christ. And so clothe yourself with humility. It says, resist him, stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of experience are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. And so whatever happens tomorrow, I mean, like, we're not, it, it, the world has not ended because it happens in the 50 states that we call the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so God's not dictated. It's, it's not that God bows to us. All of creation, all of the stars, they bow to him. And so we need to remember to not put the cart not even before the horse, because God is like so much more than all that. So we have brothers and sisters throughout the world who've gone through things that we're like really stressed out and worried about. And God has been faithful even as they've gone through them. And so continue this week to clothe yourself with humility as you approach people. And you will shine so brightly this week if you do that, because that's not what a lot of people are forecasting for the weather. So instead of really stormy clouds, let the sun, S-O-N, shine mm -hmm. through you this week. 
and glorify him. And David, just encourage us, too, to be peacemakers going forward. How yeah. important is that? That's a big deal. Oh, you know, Jesus said in his very first sermon, blessed are the peacemakers. And it's not like peace fakers. So that doesn't mean like pretend that, you know, things aren't true and lie. But what is your what is your objective? Are you seeking to sow peace? Are you looking to sow shalom, good for other people? Or are you looking just merely to stir up dissension? And I think as we point people not only to being a peacemaker, but pointing them to the one that is peace. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says, I give you my peace, I live it. I don't give you peace as the world gives, you know. So trust and rest, or as like Rebecca likes to say about John 15, you know, abide in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's our call, abide in Christ. Let him be the vine and let us find ourselves resting in him. David, your words have comforted me today, and Rebecca, your presence on the air with us has comforted me as well. I'm glad to be here, Bill. Thanks. Yeah, it was really nice to have the the mix back together. Yeah, I love hearing her voice. No kidding. Oh, yes. guys. Blessings to you and your family, Rebecca. Get those boxes unpacked. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'll do my best. All right. <laughs> There's the jazz Ooh, music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you're crushing it, man. Doing a great job. All right, we'll take a little break. When we come back, Hour 2 is all ahead. We've got Ken Samples, theologian and philosopher, talking about unity or diversity. That's the question. That's all up next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.